Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we wrap up the week. And here we are putting the finishing touches on the month of September. Hope you're having a good day. Probably a better day than what's happening in Washington, D.C. with the confirmation hearing for Judge Kavanaugh. Well, well, we'll we'll move on to other topics. But what happened yesterday was was not uh, a good day for our country and our political process. Just did not look good at all. Hopefully today will be a better day. We'll see what happens as they get ready to vote. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the farm bill, when that vote might happen. It's going to be a while, it looks like. We're going to get an update on that from Phil Brasher with AgriPulse. Uh, we're going to talk harvest uh, we'll get a harvest update from Minnesota with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, and David Erickson, former vice president of the Illinois Farm Bureau. Uh, David farms in the Quad Cities area, northern part of Illinois. We'll get an update on harvest there, all that coming up. But first, we're going to talk it over with Chris Galen, senior vice president, communications for the National Milk Producers Federation. Some things happening. We'll talk uh, about NAFT in a moment, but uh, we'll start with uh, some FDA action on labeling. Chris, good to talk with you. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Yes. Happy to join you again, Mike. Uh, Another step to address this issue about uh, uh, labeling when it comes to in in what you're looking, of course, the most at uh, products, non-dairy products, imitation dairy products using the names of milk and dairy. Where are we at now in this process? Well, we've really reached a turning point, Mike, and one that we certainly welcome because now the conversation is no longer if the FDA is going to do anything to further regulate the misuse of dairy terms on non-dairy products. The question is how they are going to do it. And so what they announced on Thursday is they're opening up for public comment some suggestions or feedback from the public. A lot of it will be people in the dairy business, of course, on how to go about regulating these plant-based imitators that are playing fast and loose with dairy terms that should only be applied to real dairy products. So finally, we're seeing some movement on this after all these years. Yeah, it's been a a nice, refreshing change, frankly, since Scott Gottlieb got to FDA. He's been there about 18 months now. But on several occasions this spring and summer when he was asked at public settings during a Senate hearing, uh, during a news conference, and then also when they had a different public hearing at the end of August, he said, we are going to change our posture on regulating these plant-based dairy imitators. In the past, they've turned a blind eye, of course, and now they're going to take some additional action. Now, the the devil's in the details, Mike, so while we are encouraged that they are taking these steps, including yesterday opening up this comment period, we don't know where this journey is going to take us, and we have to be uh, as forceful as possible reminding the FDA that this is a public health issue, that we have longstanding laws on the books defining milk and other dairy products as coming from dairy animals, not from nuts and seeds, and we need to see that carried forth in their enforcement posture. We don't want to end up with a situation where they've talked about doing something and then at the end of the day, not that much happens. How long do you see this process going? 
Well, the comment period starts today, so you can set your calendar by that, September 28th, and it runs until basically right after Thanksgiving. We are going to ask for some additional time. That's an unusually short comment period for something that's fairly high profile. So my hope is that we will have at least an additional 30 to 60 days. That would take us into 2019. I mean, part of the problem with having a 60-day comment period here in the last few months of the year is that the holidays uh, mess up people's calendars. And so we would like to see this continue through the holiday season and into 2019. All right, we're talking with Chris Galen, Senior Vice President Communications for the National Milk Producers Federation. Uh, we may find out today some of the details of the U.S.-Mexico NAFTA deal. Of course, we're still waiting to see what happens with Canada, and dairy, as it has been from the start, continues to be a focal point in those negotiations. Yes, we've said that this is a free trade agreement that's about increasing trade between our nations, and Canada cannot maintain its stonewalling on dairy access to Mexico, both helping us export more more products to Canada. And then the other thing they've done, Mike, as we've talked about, is they have this new pricing program they instituted last year, which allows them to undercut U.S. dairy sales in global markets. So those are the things that need to be changed. Uh, We were encouraged uh, yesterday. I was up in New York, actually, at this Wall Street Journal food conference where Secretary Perdue spoke, and he was asked about this, and he was very explicit in saying this is something that needs to be fixed in order for us to resolve our issues with with Canada. There are some other things in the NAFTA talks, like the dispute settlement resolution, that also have to be addressed, but certainly dairy is part of that conversation. And as far as the deal with Mexico, now Mexico is a huge customer for our dairy. Our, uh, our, number, one, be, our number one customer. Number one, right. Would that be a case of uh, the do no harm if, 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 if this new deal keeps things pretty much as they were? Would that be okay with the U.S. dairy industry for, with Mexico? Yes, we need to see what the details are, which, as you said, those should be available hopefully today. Uh, but I think overall our message was going into this, let's not mess up something that's been very beneficial for the U.S. dairy sector and, frankly, I think for Mexico's dairy market as well. There are a few details that we need to look at regarding uh, how they treat common food names, the names of cheeses, uh, not even so much with their agreement with the U.S., but Mexico also has a free trade agreement that's being finalized with the European Union. And we know that the EU has, for several years now, been trying to uh, write trade deals that kick out or exclude the ability of cheesemakers in the U.S., as well as other countries, from using these common cheese names. So that's something that we need to look at to see if in the fine print of the, of the Mexico agreement that's been addressed. But overall, uh, we're, we're happy with where things stand, I think, uh, dip, again, depending on what we see with the fine print. But the, the Mexico situation is one we just didn't want to see any major disruptions on. And, and back to Canada, just to wrap things up, um, when we look at what's happening there, the, this has been the, the argument that's been going on throughout. Would they change that pricing system? Are you seeing or hearing anything that uh, indicates that they are willing to do that? And is there anything short of that that the, the U.S. dairy industry and that National Milk would consider acceptable in, as an outcome? It's not something we've seen a lot of um encouraging signs, but it's one of the toughest issues. And the history of these agreements, Mike, is that the toughest issues don't get resolved until the 11th hour. So I don't think it's surprising that there's been, uh, there hasn't been a lot of progress. But the bottom line is, you know, the U.S. is going to hold firm 
uh, Canada's holding firm, and we'll just see where it happens to fall out here after September. All right, Chris, as always, good to talk with you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be talking about a, a new NAFTA deal soon, right? We'll, we, we can talk about so. that. Yes. I hope so, too. Thanks, Chris. Chris Galen, Senior Vice President of Communications for the National Milk Producers Federation. All right, so where does the farm bill stand? Well, of course, it looks like it's going to be uh, on hold till after the uh, November elections. But what about some of the uh, programs where funding is going to end this weekend? Will end um, on Sunday. So what happens to those programs? Are provisions being uh, made? We'll talk about that with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. He keeps a close watch on the uh, farm bill negotiations, and uh, we'll talk to him about what he's seeing and hearing as we come back on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Some of the best sounds you'll ever hear are generic, safe, effective, even money-saving, just like FDA-approved generic drugs. Even if they don't come in the exact same color or shape as their brand name equivalents, they have the same key ingredients and go through a rigorous review process. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist today and visit FDA.gov slash generic drugs. Generics are safe, effective, and can save you money. You'll like the sound of that. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. 
To find out more, call toll-free 800-988-4477. That's 800-988-4477. Call 800-988-4477 today. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, joined by Philip Brasher from AgriPulse Communications in Washington, D.C. And, Phil, I have to wonder how many in Washington today are going back and looking at their yearbooks to make sure nothing's written in there that could come back to harm. <laughs> well, Mike, I went to a public school, and uh, there's not much there except some bad pictures. <laughs> you know, I, uh, and I don't want to take too long on this, but it, it does concern me what happened yesterday. It, you know, you would think you'd turn into a confirmation hearing for the Supreme uh, Supreme Court nominee, and you would hear a discussion and a debate about his writings and rulings from the bench, his position on key issues and cases, not tune in and, and hear about college, you know, frat parties or what he wrote in, on, in a high school yearbook or something like that. I, I just thought it, it was not a good look and not a good day for our political process in this country. Well, it's, uh, it is just a representation in some, to some extent of the bitter divisions in our, in our country. You're, you're, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and hope, hope I don't again. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they did have some, in the earlier hearings, they did have a discussion about some, uh, some of the, some of the key issues that, uh, may face, uh, whoever is the next Supreme Court justice. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, really would be hard. I think the even the Anita Hill hearing uh, uh, yeah. back in the early nineties. Yeah, and I'm not trying to make light of what may or may not have happened. Uh, you know, several years ago, and if true, those are serious issues that should be addressed. But uh, wow, at some point, you know, you'd have to say you are innocent until proven guilty, and we we didn't seem to get that proof, but. Uh, what happens, you, you're right, in our political process, it just seems like uh, the divisions are so wide that no matter what the issue is or even the people that we're talking about, we have two entrenched extremes on each side, neither one wanting to give. And we've finally seen that attitude somewhat creep into the farm bill debate, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, the dynamics there aren't, uh, aren't that great either, uh, we talk a lot about how the 2014 uh, farm bill is expiring on Sunday. Um, that's going to happen. We're not going to have um, uh, that bill in place uh, starting on Monday. Um, but and we have a, the House is going to be gone uh, until the election. Um, so there's no possibility, it uh, looks like, of anything getting done between now and the election and then. But uh, they're, they're starting to run out of time even to get it done after that. And the, the dynamics uh, I'm hearing uh, within the room with the four lead uh, negotiators is not that great. Now, there are some programs that are okay till the end of the year, but there are some, some marketing-type programs especially, that will lose funding after this weekend so what are we seeing and hearing as far as steps being taken to perhaps keep those going well they're they're not going to have funding and they don't have there's a they're mostly smaller programs one of them is a foreign foreign market development program that's a program that um, helps commodity groups uh, 
pay for their office space and staff overseas, uh, where is it, wherever, London or Tokyo or wherever that happens to be. Uh, those groups are going to have to have their own funds uh, for a while uh, to tide them over. Um, some of them are being are in better shape than others. Uh, there's a couple of other programs, um, uh, small trade programs as well, in that uh, in that same situation. So they're, those groups are just going to have to uh, uh, get along on their own funds for a while. Now we have seen where uh, Chairman Roberts says they're working on some type of. Uh, uh, funding, ma- making arrangements so they don't close in this interim period. Uh, uh, House Ag Committee Chair Mike Conaway saying that USDA's trade aid package could help fill in for the foreign market development program. So there are, you know, they're looking at different ways of doing this. You know, Philip, when I when I look to, okay, we're going to go to the uh, to November after the election, so into the lame duck session. And I just really wonder how it's going to be any easier to get this thing done then? Because depending on how the elections turn out, if, if the Democrats get either or both of the of the majorities, uh, why would they want to do anything in the lame duck? They'd rather wait till they're in complete power when they take over. And if, uh, if the Democrats lose, you're in a lame duck session, do they feel any more like, uh, let's do something? Or, or, or the, are they more inclined to just kind of stall and wait it out some more. I, 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 just, I don't know how the atmosphere and the environment's any, going to be any better in that lame duck session. How do you feel about it? Well, here's the, uh, here's the situation. One, they've got to get a lot of work done between now and the election. Uh, you can't just can't do it just during the lame duck. Um, I was talking to uh, Frank Lucas, who's a former chairman of the House Agriculture Committee the other day, and he said he real, they really need to have this uh, an agreement nailed down by the middle of October. Because then it takes a while to get the text, um, all of the uh, cost estimates, everything in order to make sure that the bill is, is, is properly paid for and the text is right, there are no errors. And that takes a couple of weeks. They've really got to get something um, nailed down here in October. Um, and that's going to be very difficult to do. The, the issue you raised about is a very interesting one about the whole dynamics of the election, the fact that the uh, Democrats certainly believe they're going to take over the House. Uh, they have a shot at the Senate. If you're uh, the top Democrat on the Senate Ag Committee, Debbie Stabenow, um, you could just sit back here and wait uh, mm-hmm. because you you believe that, uh, probably believe that uh, Mike Conway, House Ag Chairman, is not going to be chairman next year. Uh, so uh, the time is on your side, not his. Uh, so that's that's really a challenge for Chairman uh, uh, Conway. Now, Colin Peterson has come out and said he's not interested in writing a whole new bill, even if he becomes chairman after the election. So uh, he wants to get this thing done. He does, and you can see uh, you can see the Democrats in the House might not want to take this on. Uh, it's uh, they've got a lot of they got a lot of priorities. Uh, doing a farm bill could be, you know, challenging for their caucus as well. And Chairman Peterson also knows that he's going to have an interesting uh, um, membership on his committee. He, they're not getting a lot of rural Democrats elected probably in November. They're going to be more suburban and urban. And uh, he's going to have a challenging uh, committee to uh, to run if he is 
safety is, in fact, chairman. So, uh, yeah, I think all indications are he'd like to get this done this year, get it off the table. It'll be interesting to see when they all go back home before the elections what they hear from constituents on the farm bill. And is the farm bill even a big enough issue that it's going to be raised that much? Or is trade and Supreme Court and a lot of other things going to, you know, kind of push it back as far as the priority list, even among voters that they talk with back in their districts? Well, that seems to have been the case to date. Uh, if things have changed uh, coming in October, and particularly going back to the what we talked about, the Supreme Court, uh, I, I'm guessing that's a bigger issue in many of these congressional districts, and certainly the trade, uh, the trade issue. Um, I've never gotten the sense that the, the farm bill, uh, uh, the, the members, uh, lawmakers here see the farm bill as that as a number one priority. Nobody has told me that the farm bill is a top priority for their constituents. Yeah, I think that is a key part of this. Uh, they talk about the need to get it done. They talk about uh, the importance of getting it done. But I do not pick up on any sense of urgency on this farm bill, not only by the lawmakers, but just in general. I mean, I, I find this so unusual that in Usually in a year where a farm bill is being written and the ag economy is down, there is great urgency on getting the farm bill done. But because of these other issues, we've not seen it this time. Mm, yeah, right. I think it's important to know, too, and I to what extent that uh, folks on the ground know this, but the crop insurance program, which is the central program, certainly for, for a wide range of commodities, it's permanently authorized. Nothing happens. Nothing has to happen. Um, it continues on, unchanged. Which the commodity you, programs, of course, uh, they continue on for the marketing year, so in many cases well into next year. So there is there is certainly time, no urgency in that respect. That is part of the lack of urgency, too, because uh, crop insurance is the number one issue for many in agriculture when it comes to the farm bill. So they see that right. as protected, however, so however it turns out. So I think that takes away from some of the urgency as well. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, interesting times. Phil, as always, thanks for keeping yeah. us up to date. Okay, great. Great to be here. Thanks. 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 Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications covers uh, the farm bill, and it looks like we're going to wait a while. As he said, they've still got a lot of work to to get done just to bring it back up and, and vote on it in in november after the uh, the elections all right we're going to talk uh, harvest what's going on in the state of minnesota they've had some challenges this year that's for sure and we'll talk some other issues as well with kevin pat president of the minnesota farm bureau that's next on aoa adams on agriculture It's not just storing grain, it's storing quality. At FS, quality isn't just a promise, it's a statement. Our grain systems experts stay focused on what's ahead by providing state-of-the-art grain systems that protect grain quality in the bin, along with larger capacity bins that keep us moving forward. We're always looking for ways to optimize operations and ensure our customers are ready for what's next. So visit FSSystem.com and let's get you headed towards your next success. FS, bringing you what's next. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy. 
which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We have a Friday mix once again early in the grain and oil seed sector, but we're currently trending lower in soybeans, two to three cents lower. Corn futures steady to a fraction lower. We are three to four and a half cents lower in Minneapolis, Kansas City, and Chicago wheat. The futures closed mixed yesterday. Analysts said that reports of countries such as Brazil and Argentina perhaps importing more soybeans from the U.S. could support the futures. USDA's export sales report, though, underwhelming yesterday, lagging on soybean exports. But given that the biggest U.S. soybean buyer, China, is out of the market, sales numbers yesterday, according to some, were pretty decent. November soybeans above key resistance at 8.51 and a half. A settlement above that area, a near-term bullish trend in the markets on the charts. Meanwhile, new crop December corn near unchanged. Bulls approaching a test of key 40-day moving average resistance at 366 and a quarter. We did not get there overnight, but in early day trade, we have touched 366 and three quarters of a cent. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle futures, October down 22 at $113 even. Cash cattle bids in the south seen at 109. Feeder cattle, November down 42 at 157.27. Lean hog futures, triple digit advances, October up a dollar 20, 62.50. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow near unchanged, NASDAQ composite down 12, the S&P down a point. Crude oil up 27 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture, presented by the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Information farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And we continue to get reports on this year's harvest. We go to the state of Minnesota today and talk with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Uh, how much harvest do you have done? We actually have got nothing started. Just getting started in the area here the last couple of days. Uh, if we could get a little sun today, today would be the day to start soybeans. So nothing done at this point. Been wet, right? Yep, it's certainly been a warmer and wetter year. We had over four inches of rain last week, so that's kind of uh, 
drying up right now, but just uh, need some sunshine, a little bit of breeze to get these beans down uh, closer to 13%, and that'll be time to go. Are you behind where you would normally be? Would you normally be going by now? Well, it's about time to start about thinking about it on the earlier maturity beans. Uh, certainly not late yet, but uh, with the additional heat units, our corn is considerably ahead of schedule, and we're seeing some corn starting to come out. Silage is pretty much all done. You've had challenges throughout the growing season. How do you feel about uh, when, once you get out there, what do you think you're going to find? Well, I think we're going to find a lot of variability. I mean, we're um, you know, fortunate in uh, the well-drained fields. Uh, you know, crops should be pretty good. Uh, certainly not like last year, I believe, but it's going to be variable. I think, quite honestly, this is going to be the year that we use all five colors of the yield map uh, probably in the same round in the combine. Hey, we have started here in Illinois, started seeing some temperatures dip down into the 40s at night. Uh, what kind of temperatures are you getting in Minnesota? Well, we're cold. They're talking about a chance of frost tonight. Uh, it's cool right now, and and uh, it's feeling like fall, that's for sure. So what's your forecast? Do you, you think you're going to be able to get in today or, or this weekend? We've got some, got a good weekend, a chance of rain uh, towards the end of the week, uh, um, and looking into next week. But uh, I think there'll be an opportunity to get some soybeans out with some sunshine, and then guys will probably go to corn and until the beans are ready to go again. We're talking with Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. So obviously, Kevin, right now, for m- many of your uh, members, uh, their focus is getting out there and getting harvest underway. But beyond that, what are some of the issues? What are you hearing them talk about? Is it trade? Is it farm bill? Is it the Supreme Court? What, what are they talking about? You know, it's almost everything. You know, it's certainly with the serious financial, emotional challenges out there with this tough and unpredictable weather, the low prices, the uh, low farm income. I guess uh, we want to get that farm bill done as soon as we can. We need that certainty, that ability to plan for the future, properly manage our our farms. But it's really all about trade and the importance of of getting something done with that, being at the table. Um, Yesterday, we actually had some good news in Minnesota. had had the opportunity to participate with uh, Farmers Union and Minnesota Soybean with our governor. And uh, we had a Taiwanese um, Vegetable Oil Manufacturers Association was in town and signed a letter of intent for $1.56 billion in soybean sales. So, again, trade is so important to our economic stability, and we're going to continue to, to push with each and every trade agreement and trade opportunities we can have. What are your members saying about NAFTA and especially the impasse with Canada on dairy? Well, I think as we see with, uh, you know, maybe today will be the draft text of the U.S.-Mexico agreement. Um, Canada is so important to us. You know, over over 24% of our Minnesota ag commodities um, go, to, go to Canada. So we want to make sure that they're uh, involved, that they're at the table. Uh, hopefully we can get some of these egos uh, that have maybe been bruised and have people come back together and, Let's talk about trade and let's get this done so we can move on to Japan and, and other opportunities. These are certainly challenging times for most in agriculture. The dairy industry in particular has really had a tough year. It's been a tough year for, for all of ag, but certainly dairy, and it's not only the low prices, uh, 
the concern about having those export markets and and the other issues, but it's also the agriculture labor. You know, we've got to uh, got to have that uh, a solution for our farm labor shortage. So we've got a lot of good, experienced, but unauthorized uh, workers, and and this immigrant workers uh, that's a, a vital role in our in our farming, and we need to have some solutions with that as well. Kevin, how did your members feel about the ag assistance package? Well, you know, we certainly would prefer trade over aid. Um, you know, that's some temporary financial relief for those uh, um, ex- experiencing the impact. I mean, we've seen it. Soybeans are down a couple bucks from March and not where our cash flows did. But we, we appreciate that. It was good to have the food purchases as part of that, um, as well as the promotion programs. Um, quite frankly, you know, until harvest gets done, we haven't heard much from the members on the grain side, certainly as it looks at, at, at dairy and hogs, there's been activity there, but really everybody's thinking about harvest right now, getting that done and completed and then move on. But we still want to defend and expand our trade opportunities more than, uh, than we want uh, aid. I don't know that I know anybody that goes to more meetings than you do. You you are a busy guy, and I know you're spending a lot of time and have spent a lot of time in Washington, D.C., uh, giving uh, our officials there the message from uh, Minnesota agriculture and agriculture in general. Uh, do you feel that you're being heard out there? Well, you have to be. I mean, it's that, and that's the, the importance of being a member of, of a commodity group, a farm organization, is you have to be at the table because if you're not at the table, whether it's trade, whether it's farm bill, whether it's transportation, taxes, renewable fuels, you pick the subject. If you're not there, others will speak on, on your behalf and maybe not in your interest. So we're going to continue to engage members of Congress. We'll have the American Farm Bill Board of Directors in D.C. next week again, and we'll continue to, to beat the drum and talk about how important trade is how important getting this farm bill done is, and how important renewable fuels are to the Midwest. I want to talk about renewable fuels. Your state is a strong renewable fuel state. Uh, How concerned are you about EPA's handling of the RFS? Well, you know, we've talked about this longer than we should, and, you know, the importance of year-round E15, and I guess, quite frankly, the the question that we've got in Minnesota is why haven't we got this done? We'll have the opportunity to, to hear from President Trump in, in Minnesota next week uh, as we talk about agriculture issues, and we need to know we need to get this done. It's, it's so important, and let's not uh, continue to talk about it. Let's just do it. Do you feel, uh, when it comes to the president and his policies on trade and things like the RFS, do you, you feel impatience uh, with your members, or how would you describe their attitude uh, towards the way uh, he's handling these issues? Well, we certainly appreciate the, the engagement. We've got a president that's very engaged with agriculture. Uh, he's had us at the table many times, but we need action. And, and that's, you know, probably the number one thing is we need some wins. You know, we understand that he's going to be tough on trade, um, but we, we need to make sure we can move forward. Let's get something done with Mexico, with Canada, and, and get something checked off the list. But we're going to continue to push. We know we've got a great team at USDA uh, 
have all the confidence in the world and in that team that's there for us each and every day. But we need to make sure that that they hear us every day, and and that's really our job as farmers and ranchers. And on the farm bill, you have uh, from your state, Colin Peterson, one of the big four, the ranking member of the House Ag Committee, uh, working on this farm bill. How often have you talked with him about getting this thing done? We had the opportunity. We had 22 Farm Bureau members in Washington, D.C. Uh, a little over a week and a half ago. had the opportunity to just sit down with him and talk about blending the two versions into one. We had the opportunities to, uh, to get him back in the district, back in the state, at different agriculture events, and appreciate him being there. We know we've got some concerns yet um, in the conservation and the commodity title, and it's, it's just good to have a Minnesota there fighting for us. All right, so uh, are you think you're going to get out there today? You're going you're gonna to be able to get the combine going? That is going to be my goal for the day, and if I do, you'll be the first to know. But I uh, <laughs> just want to make sure everybody uh, also thinks about during this busy harvest season, uh, a lot of traffic on the rural roads and slow-moving equipment, and everybody just needs to be safe out there as well. It's, uh, it's that important time of year to, to, to think about what you're doing. That's a great point, Kevin. We know that pe- there are a lot of things going on, and, and especially if you feel you're kind of behind, you want to hurry up and catch up, and it seems like we're all impatient we're out, when we're out there on the roads and we're sharing those roads with some large, slow-moving equipment. So it takes everyone to make sure it's a safe harvest season. Yep, but we can make it work. It's kind of our, our version of stoplights, I guess. If you don't, it's no different than stopping at a, at a red stoplight going through the city all the time. So just... Be patient and, and give those equipment operators plenty of room. Now, how long are you going to stay on that combine before you have to go to a meeting in D.C. or somewhere? <laughs> well, I'm planning on staying on the combine till uh, at least Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, and then uh, in D.C. on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I knew you couldn't go too long without getting uh, back out there. Uh, you keep up the good work, Kevin, and uh, also have a safe harvest as well. Thank you so much. Well, appreciate that and appreciate everything you do talking about agriculture and getting the good word out, Mike. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Take care. Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau. I mean, he is a, he is a busy, busy guy, and he's going to be trying to work in his own harvest around all those uh, important meetings that he'll be going to as well. So as you heard him say, they're just, uh, they're just getting started in Minnesota, about to get started up there. Coming up next, we're going to talk with David Erickson. He farms in the northern part of Illinois in the Quad Cities area. Uh, I talked with him earlier today. He says they've got a pretty good start going there. They're moving right along ahead of schedule for them. We'll find out uh, how it's going so far for David Erickson and his harvest. That's next on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. 866-504-0276. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 11ignoremyscore.com right now. That's www.11ignoremyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 11ignoremyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way. Did you ever look at the stains in your coffee cup and then realize that's exactly what happens to your teeth? Paraswabs is the five-minute solution to get your teeth white without visiting the dentist. This is John Greenhut, the CEO of Paraswabs. And if your teeth are stained from coffee, tea, or smoking, all it takes is five minutes with Paraswabs. In five minutes, you'll see an average of two shades whiter teeth, and in seven days, six shades. It's clinically proven to whiten natural teeth as well as caps and veneers. The secret is a tooth detergent that was developed by Dr. Martin Ginniger that lifts stains off of your teeth. Best of all, there's no messy strips or trays that you have to leave in your mouth for an hour. Just swab your teeth for five minutes and you're done. To try Power Swabs risk-free, call 866-504-0276. That's 866-504-0276. I guarantee your bright white smile will have your friends talking about how great you look. Try it risk-free today. 866-504-0276. 866-504-0276. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. 
even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, we just heard from Kevin Papp, president of the Minnesota Farm Bureau, that they're just about to get started with harvest there. But uh, in Illinois, wow, harvest has been rolling for some time. David Erickson joins us now. He farms in the northern part of Illinois in the Quad Cities area. And David, uh, tell us how far along you are with your harvest. Morning, Mike. Yeah, um, great progress made around here. We're a strong third, uh, approaching 40 percent i guess of our corn crop um harvested and about uh oh 25 30 25 to 30 percent of our um, soybean crops which uh for our part of the state is uh, well ahead of normal we you know rarely do we do much uh soybean harvest before october 1st and um, certainly corn at the moisture that it is you know we've got corn down to um you know 17 percent uh moisture uh, this time of year is pretty unusual for us, so we feel feel pretty fortunate. So you're ahead of your schedule, although I'm sure some of the uh, your friends in uh, central Illinois will remind you that they're well ahead of you. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have friends in central Illinois, I'm sure, that are hearing this and saying, uh, what have you been doing for the last three weeks? So <laughs> we, we really have just been going uh, last week and this week, uh, slight rain interruptions, but uh, overall good. Okay, what about your corn yields? Um, looks like corn uh, in our area uh, runs in that 220 to 270 range. Um, kind of depends on the variety a little bit. But, uh, again, moistures have come down dramatically. Um, not much difference in maturity of corn as far as the, where the current moisture levels are. Um, a little bit, but not much. And um, I think everybody's pretty pleased with uh, corn yield. Stock quality, any disease issues? You know, there are there are some stock quality issues that I hear about. Uh, a knock on wood, we don't appear to have any here on ground that we farm. But uh, I have heard of, of areas that have. And unfortunately, uh just west of us, um, what would that have been Monday night, um, there were some mm-hmm. spotty pockets of pretty heavy winds. It appears straight line, but almost uh, tornadic in nature. Um, some down corn, um, you know, that hadn't been harvested yet, uh, unfortunately. So there's pockets around where uh, you, you've got to watch it. Now what about your beans? Soybeans, again, uh, you know, depending on your maturity, you're kind of getting into it full swing. Um, soybeans look pretty healthy overall. Uh, in fact, uh, the health of the bean plant is kind of what's delaying some on harvest. Um, you know, moisture levels in the beans are at harvestable levels, but some of the stems uh, are still pretty tough, and, and the leaves hanging on there it makes it a little bit slower going. So disease-wise, it looks like uh, soybeans been, are in pretty good shape. I'm sure there, there are some 
exceptions to that, but the most part, soybeans look good, and, and yields uh, appear to be running, you know, from, um, oh, 60 to, uh, you'll even hear of yields, full field yields uh, up into the 80s. Um, I haven't had any of those yet, Mike. I'm still waiting <laughs> for that one, but, uh, but uh, we're pretty pleased with what we got so far. Just keep hitting that yield monitor, see if it's working right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep tapping on. Oh, surely it's not calibrated right. That's what you tell yourself. So. You're right. Um, what about storage? Uh, you in good shape in uh, that part of the state? You know, I think that storage overall is going to be okay. You know, we're in an area that's fortunate uh, to have built a, a fair amount of on-farm storage, but also commercial storage got kind of ramped up. Uh, for those of us old enough to remember when there was a, a government loan corn and, and government reserve stuff, there's some uh, pretty significant uh, corn storage uh, built in this area. So I think overall good. I think, you know, the, the fly in the ointment that maybe not this year or more this year than other years is the you know, inability to get crop going down the river. The basis levels are not very good, which means barge, barge rate's a little high. Um so I, I don't see much moving. So depending on how much old crop a commercial unit had, uh, it could be a little tight on the storage side in some places. Now, what's your forecast? Are you going to be able to go all weekend? You know, our forecast looks good through the weekend. There's some spotty chances of rain here in the next uh, couple of days to the north of us. Um, you know, it's a quad, about Interstate 80 and, and north, uh, better chances for rain. It appears maybe today and, and even tomorrow, uh, but then it looks like kind of a dry slot until early, you know, early to mid next week, maybe Wednesday or so. There's another chance of rain. So uh, we got from an, uh, somewhere between a half to a little over an inch of rain. Um, let's see, that was Tuesday, and um, that actually soaked in pretty quick in our area. So. A little, little bit of rain is not a bad thing. helps to keep things dry uh, from getting out of hand. Uh, but uh, we certainly, you know, we prefer not to have too long a rain delay. Yeah, you kind of uh, on that line. It could use moisture, but you don't want too much. But it sounds like similar to here in central Illinois. We get a rain, it soaks in pretty quickly. It does. We were in a field that, you know, it got half an inch of rain, but, uh, you know, Nancy, my wife, says what they looked like. I said it wasn't enough to feel over the cracks. So, um, you know, it just kind of dried off pretty quickly. Once the plants dried off, uh, we were able to go that day. So, um, not you know, that becomes more critical as the days get cooler and, uh, and we get, have a few more uh, dark hours and daylight hours. Um, so, um, yeah, we'll just hope for the right amount of rain, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, uh somebody else is in charge of it will be a lot better at it than we would if we were in charge of the weather so well be safe have a good rest of your harvest and uh, make sure you get that the yield monitor calibrated right <laughs> will do mike thanks good to uh, talk to uh, you have a good day we'll, we'll talk again as you get towards the end of harvest and have some uh, um, final numbers but sounds like you're off to a good start thanks david take care yep tremendous thanks mike David Erickson, who farms in the northern part of Illinois in that Quad Cities area, and it uh, sounds like uh, they're having a good harvest uh, so far and getting a, a lot done, as, as he said, ahead of schedule for them. 
Well, that's going to wrap it up for today and for the week. And uh, I'm going to be off next week on vacation. Sabrina Hill with the American Ag Network will be filling in for me. And I know she has a lot of great guests uh, for you next week. Hope you'll join her. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great and safe weekend, everyone. I'm Mike Adams. This is AOA Adams on Agriculture.